that feeling of being tired happens when your sleep pressure increases. So throughout the day with adults, it continuously increases after you wake up. Um, adults can handle about 14 hours of that. But for babies, especially in the very beginning, they can handle maybe 30 to 60 minutes of that before they need to fall back asleep. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Danielle Kamar about how we can start implementing good sleep practices with our babies so that we can start to get more restful sleep ourselves. I'd like to start this episode off first by saying thank you so much to all the listeners and everybody that has supported us along the way. This has been an amazing journey so far, and it has been such a blast recording episodes and watching the podcast expand. We are currently going through our Heal Your Trauma Mama event, which is 30 days of mini episodes that you can follow along with. And we are also getting ready for our first ever spring festival event on May 15th. This event is going to be packed with guest speakers, activities, vendors, food trucks, giveaways, and it will be a space to truly embrace motherhood. This event is family friendly and kids five and under will be free, but keep in mind that this event is meant to celebrate mamas and bring us together so that we can hear each other's stories and bond as a community. I hope to see you there as past guests of the podcast and mamas from all over come together to make this event possible. Use the promo code ENTERINGMOTHERHOOD50 to get 50% off. To learn more about the event and who you can expect to see there, check out the show notes and head on over to the Entering Motherhood website, or feel free to reach out to me with any questions. And with that, let's get this episode started. Hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm so excited to have you here today and get talking about this. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, thank you first for having me. Um, my name is Danielle Kamar. Um, I am a mom with three girls. My youngest actually just turned one yesterday. It's crazy. And former labor and delivery nurse. And I opened a sleep consulting business in the beginning of 2020. Um, and that kind of came from my desperation for better sleep for my whole family. <laughs> so did you have your kids when you were a labor and delivery nurse? I started nursing in 2011. Um, and I had my first daughter in 2016. So I was a labor and delivery nurse for a few um a few years prior but when i had my first we actually moved right before my husband graduated with his phd um we were in lansing michigan and we moved about an hour and a half away so right before i had my daughter i kind of quit my job because we were moving and i was like i don't think we should really start a new job at this point because i think i was like 30 plus weeks pregnant and then but the first two, or I'm sorry, the first nine months after having her, we lived in Lake Orion and I didn't work. I was just that full-time stay-at-home mom. And then 
we were in buying a house mode and trying to figure out our next steps. And we actually back to Lansing and my husband commuted over an hour and a half each way. And we lived with his mom for a good nine months while we were saving up for a home. And I stepped back into nursing, labor and delivery, um, just kind of on a once a week basis. But it wasn't until I had my second daughter that I started my business and um, I actually worked labor and delivery here on this side of Michigan for about two years and then stepped back when the pandemic hit. Okay. So did you seek out sleep consulting for your own family and that's sort of what transitioned you into wanting to do this for other moms? Yes. Um, we had our first in 2016 and she was not a great sleeper. Um, I would be rocking her and holding her to sleep until like two in the morning and then wait till that like limpless body sleep and be able to put her down for a couple hours and then be right back at it within, I don't know, put her down by two and then be right back at it at six. And I was exhausted. I personally um, have had still dealing with postpartum depression and I knew I couldn't do it any longer. So I, with my first, I started doing all the reading, which is very hard when you have a newborn and you're not sleeping. And then I, with my second, I was very nervous to have my second because of the sleep exhaustion and sleep deprivation we had. A couple of weeks prior to having my second, I was going into panic attacks, just worrying about it. But I felt like I did a little bit better in the beginning, just trying not to have those associations to feed to sleep or whatever. Um, but I was still in need of help. So when she turned four months, my middle, we hired our own sleep consultant. I was buying every sleep pack and swaddle and anything that promised to help and nothing was. And I met a woman off of Facebook Marketplace. I was buying a sleep suit from her. And I was like, did this help? Did this work? Was this like it? And she was like, yeah, no. And I was like, well, I'll still try it. I don't care at this point. But as I was like walking and leaving away, I turned around and I was like, did anything help or is this, are we just in trouble? And she was like, actually, I hired a sleep consultant. And right away for me, I was like, that is too much money. Like, I know I'm not going to be able to afford that. And she was like, no, actually, it was very reasonable um, for the service that I received. And she had, her child went from not sleeping to sleeping. and. When I hired my sleep consultant, it was the same. It was like night and day. I learned how to instill and develop healthy sleep habits for my daughter. Um, and it was just a game changer. And then actually, now that I had my third, having all the knowledge prior, I finally understand what drowsy but awake. Because before this, I was like, there's no such thing. Like that's People just say that. I hate that phrase and I still don't love it. But I was able to put my third daughter um, down awake and she would fall asleep on her own, like starting from the beginning. And it was just seeing the transition from my first to the third, it was just like a breath of fresh air. So, all of that in a nutshell, which is a long story, really helped me um, be encouraged to help other people because. Sleep is one part of it. Like the loss of sleep was one part of it for me, but it was the loss of my own personal identity. I felt like I was on 24-7. I felt like I never had a break. I felt like 
any time that would belong to myself was no longer there. And sleep training gave that back for me. I was able to have consistent nap, a consistent bedtime, and I was able to have time that actually was my own again, that I could spend for myself, with my spouse, and doing what I want. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, how you were saying you were dreading and fearing the sleep deprivation again with your second. I think those of us that have had kids know what that's like and know like how exhausting it is to really have to, you know, be waking up every hour and then like trying to get them to sleep and get on a schedule and waiting until the night that they actually sleep longer than a few hours. And so knowing that you're going to have to go through that again is overwhelming. And for first time moms, maybe they don't even realize that this is going to be something that they have to worry about. You know, maybe when they were pregnant, they were getting up in the middle of the night to go pee or something like that, (laughs) or they're like uncomfortable and not able to sleep. But sometimes it's one of those things that we don't talk about until afterwards or you're in it. Like people aren't telling new moms like, oh yeah, you're not going to sleep. And then once you are a new mom, you're hearing, oh, are you getting sleep throughout the night? Are they sleeping? He sleeps. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're hearing like all these things and you're like, um, no, I'm not sleeping at night. Like it's just not there. I mean, I always knew that with newborns, you've lost sleep. I think that is kind of a common thing. Oh, you know, you have a baby and you sleep. But I always thought that it was like a very small amount of time, which when done in a certain way, it is. But I never thought that you actually had to teach someone how to fall asleep by itself. Of course, we're all like born with the ability to sleep. But the act of falling asleep by yourself, learning how to self-soothe and relax yourself is not something you're born with. And it's not something that's talked about, especially before pregnancy. I think you get all the classes of like labor and delivery, breastfeeding, um, what to pack in your hospital bag, which are all very important things. But laying that healthy foundation from the beginning, I just, I think there is definitely a lack in it. So when can we really start thinking about sleep for our baby and sleep for us? What I know now, I personally think it would be beneficial for parents to learn before they have a baby and just have that idea. Telling someone versus experiencing it is completely different. You can tell someone exactly what you went through and they're not going to get it until they're in the situation, but giving them the knowledge when they're rested and they're excited and ready to learn, I think it's a great time. However, that's not for a lot of people that's not reality and that didn't happen. You can really start at any time. You don't sleep train newborns. You don't, there's no, oh, I'm going to have her cry and she'll figure it out. That doesn't happen. That type of training is not even um, effective until after the circadian rhythm matures. And that doesn't even start to happen until four to six months of age. So try it out, what people think of that. It's nothing at the beginning. It's just helping babies sleep as much as possible in the beginning. You may have heard of like wake windows, or um, I, I guess I'll just explain what a wake window is, is how long a baby can comfortably stay awake without needing to fall asleep. 
that feeling of tiredness when you're from a well-rested state, that feeling of being tired happens when your sleep pressure increases. So throughout the day with adults, it continuously increases after you wake up. Um, adults can handle about 14 hours of that. But for babies, especially in the very beginning, they can handle maybe 30 to 60 minutes of that before they need to fall back to sleep. So it's understanding that and then getting them in a good groove to where you're learning the very subtle signs that they're showing you, like staring off into space, looking away from you, lack of interaction, being calm. Those are all the perfect time to put them down versus the cranky, fussing, crying, inconsolable. They're overtired. They are, their cortisol levels have started to increase and it's hard for them to fall asleep. Yeah. And then also, so, I mean, I have a two month old right now. <laughs> he is right here. He's actually sleeping in his little rocker, but for a while it was, and still like he loves to sleep on me. He could fall asleep during the day on me as, as long as he wanted, as much as he wanted, but then it's the putting them down on their own. So what can you say about kind of allowing them to sleep on you or baby wearing and sleeping like that versus like putting them down at what point I guess would you suggest detaching them or or how does how does that affect their sleep when they're sleeping on you so initially the first six weeks it can be a very hard time you're losing a lot of sleep waking up very frequently so at that point you're really just getting by trying to sleep as much as possible really protecting their wake windows, getting them down before they're overtired, um, and letting them sleep however they want, as long as they're sleeping frequently. Um, around six to eight weeks of age, that day-night confusion starts to subside. Um, that's our first sleep milestone. Some people consider it the first sleep regression. And a lot of people get very nervous about regression, but you may also hear it as progression. So they're really develop, um, developing mentally and physically, especially the first year of age. So around six to eight weeks when you see that social smile, so they look at you, they recognize that you're mom, they're smiling, you can start practicing sleeping in the crib or practicing sleeping in the bathroom or wherever their sleep space is. Um, and that just means putting them down for at least one nap a day in that space. And you want to do it while they're awake because that's how they learn how to self-soothe. So I usually recommend the first nap of the day because that's usually when you sleep the best. Walk into their sleep space. You can start your routine, like a sleep routine, even that young because they have that um, social smile. It's showing you that they understand cues. Short and sweet. It doesn't need to be excessive. It could be something like, you sing the same song every single time. Um, you read the same book. Repetition in the same things is very important because those cues will tell them what's next. Um, and then you put them down awake. And they put your little one down and they immediately start crying. It's okay to kind of back off. You don't want to stand right in front of them because they're they can see you and that might be upsetting, but you can back off for about 30 seconds and just see what they do. Because there is a difference between like hysterical, angry crying and slight fussing, 
whining, the occasional little squawk scream that they do, um, and just seeing what they do. So 30 seconds passes and they kind of start, they continue in that little like minor fussing, not really moving, add another 30 seconds, see what they do and give them that space to continue to prolong your intervention and going in. However, if they're screaming and they're very upset, of course you go in, you pick them up. They're way too young to even master any skill at this point. But it's just setting those, like planting those seeds and setting the framework for self-soothing. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And I think, you know, like you were saying too, that whole like put them down when they're awake and, and to some people that might just seem like a myth and yeah. and crazy and stuff. And like... Um, I think that is like hard to comprehend sometimes when you've never seen it done before or, or anything like that. So what can you say, like your clients that have come to you and they are like, this is insane. This is never going to work. And then you've been able to really, you know, flip that around and have them having those silent nights and, and really getting that sleep. First off, I think the most important thing to do is understand your why, like why you want your child to sleep. There's a very basic one because sleep is good, because the sleep is beneficial. However, um, and this is talking more for like the four plus months of sleep training, but when it's 3 a.m. and you're trying to stick to a plan of because I'm supposed to do it type of why is not going to keep you motivated, you have to understand like why it's important for your child, of course, but why is it important for you and your family and what a couple nights of being uncomfortable and listening to crying can do if you can have like those silent nights in two weeks. So you have to have that like really strong belief in trusting the process. So first you want to get that why, the deep understanding of why it's important to you and what will keep you going at that 3 a.m. mark. So I like to call it like your 3 a.m. post-it um, motivation because I tell people to put why it's important on a post-it note on their door because I've been there where I just want to open that door and go in, but you have to remind yourself. Um, so that's number one. And number two is trusting the process. You have to be committed to see what's going to happen. Um, I think it was John Maxwell who came up with the um, kind of quote that can compounds and I like to say consistency compounds and sleep is inevitable which I 100% believe if you are consistent in how you are doing your sleep plan your child will sleep they will get on board they will understand what's going on it's the confusion of sometimes going in and not going in only waiting like I'm only going to let them be upset for X amount of time and then I will go in. Those are all very confusing things for children. So consistency and trusting that process to know that it will work. Um, I also like to think of it instead of drowsy but awake, I like to say like relaxed but awake because so, I feel like that's a little bit more understanding because when you lay in bed, you don't just go from running around all day, laying in bed to sleeping. You have that relaxation period however or whatever you do during that time before you fall asleep to shut your body down and to get into sleep mode babies and children 
they're not capable of doing that by themselves right away. So it's our job to have that routine and setting that stage for bedtime or nap time that can help them go from the awake state to the tired, sleep falling asleep state. What age do you typically work with? I've worked with newborn clients where we're just kind of planting those healthy sleep seeds and seeing where they go where it's not strict sleep training whatsoever. Um, but I've also worked up, I mean, four or five years old, as long as it's sleep related. There are a lot of things when children get get older that can kind of interrupt sleep and I'm not an expert in that aspect. But as long as it's more sleep related, getting a routine in order, um, helping parents figure out their plan of action. Um, I've worked with kids up, up until about five. And then obviously with my own children. Yeah. And how much have you seen, I guess, a change? Like, I think a lot of times people think, you know, yes, like you said, like sleep is good for the child and we want them to be sleeping. But what have you seen in the moms as well or in your own experience, you know, between your first and now your your one-year-old? How much of a difference in you have you seen? For myself, I mean, just it's a complete night and day difference between the first and my last. Being able to start early with her, understanding the importance and like what my job is at in that role. Because we... We have a lot of roles as parents. You have to teach your child how to eat, how to talk and walk and all of these things. And I feel like a lot of times parents don't understand that sleeping is another thing that we teach them. It's another milestone and something to learn. Um, So for myself, understanding that fact and starting early has really helped. Is it easy to make mistakes? 100% yes. I can know exactly what to do, but my emotions can get involved. And that's, again, why I say that why is really important because it's a very emotional experience. I mean, am I doing the right thing? Am I, is this what needs to be happen right now? What if I do this? Um, for me, that's those what ifs, those re- that reassurance, the support was really what helped me when I hired my sleep consultant because you have that reassurance. And that person who has done the work, done the um, research, and can be there and say, nope, keep going. You got this. Because I know, for me personally, my husband is a big softie, and he's the first one to want to run in the door. So not only do I have to like have that structure for myself, but I have to have it for him as well. So with my second, when I hired my sleep consultant, it was nice to have that support for me. And then for my clients, We've had a successful um, situations with all of them. The only time that I had a client that just wanted to back out, she wasn't ready, and that was fine. And I wholeheartedly supported her with that. We worked together for the first week. She just, and then she was like, you know what? I'm okay with how things work. And that's okay. If you're okay with losing sleep, and I, I mean that in like most respectful way do what you're okay with. Um, if you're okay with those wakings and that, more power to you. So if I have 100% committed clients, it works. There's no doubt in my mind. My last um, client that I worked with, I think she was my last, but she had a 
12 months old and just every night put him down he would be okay and then like by a couple hours later he was up and wanting to be in mom and dad's bed and would fight it until they did that and then of course um just not a very restful night of sleep and literally within three days we went from multiple multiple night wakings to him sleeping 12 hours through the night that's not a I never will promise that because you never know but I find that it 100% works as long as you're consistent did I answer that question I feel like I (laughs) I think so yeah no I definitely think so and then also just you know your own experience of entering motherhood and what that was like, like what other things do you wish you would have known beforehand or what things do you kind of tell other new moms as they are entering motherhood from your own experience? You have three girls, like you, you have definitely entered motherhood multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I'm crazy. No, um, <laughs> I, yeah, there's, there's a lot that you don't understand until you're in the situation. I know for me, like motherhood, like that big end goal, I guess. Thinking of it now, it seems kind of silly because it's not an end goal or anything, but it was like the epitome. And honestly, if I'm being 100% honest, when I got there and things were so much different than I thought it were, was going to be, I had a lot of shame and guilt on myself because people tend to show the best parts of it which I think is amazing. We want to see all those wonderful things. But it makes you feel very alone sometimes when you're going through the struggles and you're only seeing people's highlights real. I think being on, like, not everyone wants to know about it, and I think that's fine. But I think finding people you relate to is very important. Having a support system is really important. Like, um, maybe you don't have family around. Our family was an hour and a half away, so it wasn't a quick trip. And our parents worked, so it wasn't possible for them to come over. But I joined a mom's club. And in that mom's club, for the first two weeks postpartum, they dropped off meals every other day. Um, And that was amazing. For every single child I had, I'm pretty sure they did it. So three times for me. Um, And so that's it's really helpful and people you can relate to being aware of what's happening like I said I had postpartum depression and even as a labor and delivery nurse for the first eight weeks I was like no I'm fine it's just like I'm just not doing I'm struggling because I'm not doing right and it's not because something's wrong like mentally because that's what mental illness Um, It was more of like something's wrong with me versus something's wrong with my family or whatever. And then finally, my husband kind of pushed me out the door and we're like, nope, we got to go talk to someone. And I think that was an amazing um, transition for me because it really helped me understand that like, no, you're doing a good job, but these things happen and after postpartum. A book, and of course, I'm never going to remember the um, author, but it's even good moms have scary thoughts. And it's a very, um, it's an interesting title, but it's a, it's a book and it kind of looks like a comic book. 
but it gives you things that you don't normally hear people talk about, like postpartum depression, like um, when people ask you, like, how can I help? And it's like your brain is flooded with all these things, but it always comes out as, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Um, and it kind of, in some of the chapters, it gives you like action steps, like list three people that you feel comfortable asking for help from. And like, so you have that in front of you, like, okay, I'm having a bad day. My friend Ashley will come over and I know that she'll hold the baby while I shower. So it's just having things like that, that kind of have helped me in understanding that like, I don't have to do it alone. People want to support you and it's okay to ask for help. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, that's great for, for people that are listening and, and, you know, anybody going through this transition in their life. And I think, like you said, a lot of times we do kind of reply with that, oh, I'm fine and things like that. And we're kind of afraid or ashamed to really express our true feelings. And I think, you know, that's what I like to see more of. And I like to, you know, find those three people that you feel like you can really open up to and express yourself to and share things with. And even if it's just writing in a journal and sharing it with yourself, I think, you know, those thoughts need to come out and they need to be expressed or at least just even questioned. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of us don't realize is going to be helpful and we need to be doing more of and not be, it needs to be more normalized. Yeah, that relatable motherhood that what's actually happening behind the scenes, I think is such a important thing to understand. Um, because you can watch the mom of like five kids that like everyone looks perfect all the time and you're like, How is that happening? Um, but you don't know what she's doing behind the scenes. I mean she's obviously rocking it, doing an amazing job, but heck, she might be thinking that she's a hot mess herself. So it's yeah. just Or it's not every day, all the time, 24-7. I mean, like, I think it's just, you know, taking it as it is and realizing, like, you know, we all have our days, we all have our moments, and and we're all on our own journeys. Right, 100%. I agree with that. And then, obviously, your spouse, your partner, whoever you have is a great support. But, and I find this with my husband a lot, we just think so differently. And his fatherhood is so much different than motherhood. I mean, he has like, okay, I need to support my family and have bills, blah, blah, blah. But then the mom is the mental load of having kids and all of that stress. I mean, all the hats that you wear when you're a mom. And sometimes it's easier to talk with a fellow mom than your spouse. Um, I obviously encourage you to talk with your spouse. But having that support system outside of just you and your partner or even you and your mom who is so far removed from those early years, I think is important. I mean, obviously having those relationships with your immediate family is important, but it's finding that village that can take over when you need it. Yeah, for sure. So how can we reach you and get in contact with you? Where are you at on social media? Uh, Just let us know, you know, all that information. So I am on Instagram at at danielle.kmar. Um, I have a website, which is silentnightsleep.com. Um, and it's silent, S-I-L-E-N-T-N-I-G-H-T-S, 
S L E P dot com. Really should have thought that ahead having those two S's in there, but <laughs> um, my website is always um, has information for you to find me and talk to me. Instagram is also an amazing place. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I feel like I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> um, but again, yeah, I have different options. I have two week packages where I work one on one with that with a client. Um, even just phone calls. Um, people just need that one on one support for an hour. They just want give me the details and I can do it myself kind of thing. Um, Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely be sure to link all that in the show notes. So anybody that's listening, don't worry about trying to write it down. Or or if you want to double check on the spelling, we'll have all that right in there in the show notes. So, Oh, I was going to say, I try to really I'm add value on my, especially Instagram, because I want people to walk away with easy win. I want them to have knowledge that can help them right away. Um, because that's what we need. We need some win time. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree. That's amazing. But yeah, thank you so much, you know, for coming on and sharing a little bit about your story and really just kind of like explaining, you know, sleep to us and really just kind of like touching in on that and how, you know, you help moms and what it means to help them with sleep. So, thank, thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk about it. I I enjoy talking about it and sharing my knowledge. So I really appreciate this opportunity. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood. Mm-hmm.